When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Rick Farrell, formerly with the Roadhouse Clams from the eastern shore of Maryland, not long ago relocated to the sunny coast of Florida. He now has a new band, Rick Farrell and the Borrowed Stars, and a new six-track solo EP entitled Ugly Babies. His coastal yacht rock sound is definitely something we need for this summer. On this episode of Americana Music Profiles, Rick and I talk about his musical journey and his new EP. Hi, Rick. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Greg. It's good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Thanks for um, doing this again. I, I We've had a chance to talk at least once in the past. I went back and tried to see if I could find um, the last time, and it looks to me like it was around May of 2015. You were with a band called the Roadhouse Clams. Um, so yep, that's correct. Yep. You've been... Uh, it was uh, uh, kind of a six-piece band of musical miscreants, man. We were... It's, it was crazy. Just a, a really, we had a blast. There was a lot of touring and a lot of fun, a lot of biker bars and bachelorette parties and yeah. everything in... <laughs> <laughs> so uh you're presently in florida and i don't remember were you in florida with the roadhouse clams as well or were you on the eastern shore yeah the clams are based out of the eastern shore of maryland what we used to call the saltwater cornfields yeah and from there you know so we went you know, we, it was great from there because we could go we could run up to new york boston philly you know dc and baltimore obviously we, we kind of had everything right in that little area so you can go out and do like these long weekend jaunts short weeks here, you know, things in there, it gave us a lot more flexibility, but I finally got to the point where, you know, my, my doctor told me I'm, I'm allergic to uh, shoveling snow and wearing big bulky clothes, so <laughs> I relocated a couple of years ago down here. It's, I, I used to come down and play anyway, and um, I worked with a, a booking agency in South Florida. Um, they're based in Orlando, and when I come down and do, we, we the clowns to do shows, or I come down and do shows uh, solo, and Finally, they're like, "Hey, man, we need to get you down. We can get you more work." So, I, you know, I moved down here. I relocated in 2017. So, we did a lot of things like all across the state, down to the Keys, and it's it's um, what's what's lovely is you can really play you know, almost every day of the year uh, down here, hmm. and even during COVID, we can play outside because we've been really, you know, COVID obviously shot us all in the foot sure. from live music standpoint. But there's still places, you know, like um, a lot of a lot of outdoor stages that are open year round. A lot of really nice setups like that. So we're being very cautious, obviously, but um, we're able to work again, which is awesome. How long have you been in the music business? When did this start for you? Uh, man, I started. I started my first paying gig. I was 15 years old. And uh, we made a hundred bucks to go. We played a house party in downtown Annapolis in Maryland, and I think we got about two songs in, and the cops showed up, and, <laughs> and it was a, roof, a, a house full of underage drinkers. So 
they literally grabbed guitars and ran out the back door and were like running through alleys. It, was, it was, probably was like a Beatles video. Like, oh, no. <laughs> Just not, not going in black and white, not being chased by screaming girls. But um, yeah, so we had to circle back about a half hour later to go get our amps and all that. But yeah, ever, that was my first paying gig. I think I knew like three chords. So, um, <laughs> you know, since then we've been back at it. So I feel like I'm an old like sway back uh, seahorse now, you know, compared to what we've, what we've been doing. Yeah. Uh, have, have you, have you done other things along the way? Has this ever been a full-time venture full-time now as far as pursuing music? It's, it's partly full-time. It has been full-time in the past, a, a good chunk of the past. Um, I also, I also have had like a radio gig that I've kind of worked in and out and, and okay. gotten a lot of flexibility with that. But, Really, it's been a lot of it's a lot of live shows, a lot of touring. Um, I started as a bass player, so I was getting a lot of work uh, doing a lot of session work oh, cool. uh, in different studios in the area up there in, in the Mid Atlantic, and and that was cool. But I just I was, there's nothing like the thrill of like you know just getting out on stage and, and playing. So I mean that's that's really that's really been the bulk of it. Yeah, and uh, you know it's it's always kind of been that kind of it's you know, that kind of cow punk style and it's kind of morphed more into like that outlaw country style mm-hmm. but you know you sort of let the music take me where the music's gonna go so do you recall a moment when it clicked that this was actually maybe gonna work and this was a could, could be could be a real thing um yeah, the, I was really young, and we we got. I was at a band called Stagger Stagger Call that had a couple of CDs out, and we were starting to get a little notoriety. And we got to go for the first time. But we, the four of us are all you know, all grew up in Maryland. The first time we get to go and play a gig in New York City, and we get to go to CBGB's, and that's oh, our cool. first show ever. <laughs> and we're opening for the Flaming Lips. Oh like, man! <laughs> so they were just they were like just on the come so. We'd get there, and it was just—it was crazy because like, we must have looked like John Voight and Midnight Cowboys walking through the street, just like staring up, like what? And, like, <laughs> we, we were like total young pumpkins, but um, that was kind of because you know CBS just had that that has that you know that 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 aura that that iconic, uh, uh-huh. but and the place you know it was it's perfect because it was still filthy. And the, there's still like the stains of Iggy Pop's blood on the on the on the stage carpet and all. And uh, I believe Julianne Hatfield was there that night because she was playing the uh, the night before. So hey, there's Julianne Hatfield. So we thought, wow, we're rock stars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was the first case. And unlike a lot of other bands, we actually made money playing CBGBs that night, which other bands like they, they have to pay to play. I don't know what they were doing or what we did right, but it kind of worked out. Oh wow, that's um, cool. <laughs> Yeah, so that was kind of that was a real launching pad to say, "Oh yeah, I want more of this." this yeah, good. yeah. When did songwriting start to fit in for you and become a part of part of what you do? Well, there's, there's that's a good question because there's there's two parts to that. There's I started writing probably as soon as I picked up a guitar. I started writing things that didn't make me cringe. Probably around. Probably in my early twenties. Okay. Um, so you know, but the first couple of things I really I think back and like, oh god, ooh. you know, they're they're really painful. But then you know, as I started getting more confident, and started throwing more like you know, I've always I've always enjoyed great lyrics. So I like I really like the lyrics lyrical side of things and try to be as as literary but fun and you know, kind of kind of paint stories. I, like the guys that I grew up even as a little kid listening to, like your you know, guys like Tom T. Hall and uh, yeah. You know, 
there are Jeff Walker and, and Roger Miller. I mean, if they just they could tell a story in three in two and a half minutes, it just gets everything you need to know. And it's brilliant. So mm-hmm. I, I, those those are the ones just like I want to do what they're doing. Um, you know, so you know, flash forward to now. So I've written some songs for Chris Jacks. I've written some songs for some other people that are like kind of in the trap area, uh, trap rock arena. Keith Thompson. Um, and uh, I got asked a couple of years ago. My my nephew is uh, Tyler Mermit. He's a really talented like Disney and Broadway actor. And he was mm. he was twelve at the time. He was singing like um, he was singing like John Legend stuff for screen tests. I'm like, there's no twelve year old should not be singing like this adult love stuff. <laughs> so they're like, well, hey, they commissioned me to write. You know, they I, you know they commissioned me to write a song for him. I guess mainly because I'm emotionally twelve years old. So I can really connect with that age, and uh, so I wrote one of the songs on the new disc. It's called "Shine on Me," and that's what I actually originally wrote, written for Tyler to have something oh, cool. that kind of felt. Yeah, it was, it was, so it's fun. It's cool to cool to have him do it, and then I, you know, I started adding it to my live shows, and people responded to it. So um, that one worked out pretty well. Do you have a process when it comes to writing songs? Is there a, a, a theory a, a formula or or something that you get into when it's time to put some new music together or is it more organic God, I, I wish you know i wish there was like a process or like a like a turn like a flip of a switch but it's not you know anytime i ever sat down and said i'm gonna write a song today it's just, <laughs> it's it's dismal it's yeah. it's, a, it's it's a failure um but so it's it's kind of you know i've heard other i've heard like keith richards talk about this and, and other you know, other much more accomplished songwriters, you have Paul McCartney say, this it kinda has to find you. Mm-hmm. Like it'll be a turn of phrase or something that happens or you're just messing around with chords and it, all of a sudden it's like, hey, that works and it's like there's a click to it and then it's like then the seed is germinated and then it grows from there. Sometimes it grows into nothing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it you know it, it sometimes it dies in the vine and sometimes it turns into something like, Whoa, I did that, wow. Um so yeah, that's it's uh so that's so so to answer the question, not really. I wish there was more of that, but um it's it, the organic thing is the only way I've ever been able to to come up with what I feel is a decent idea. Do you allow time for it? Uh, like you know, if you get an idea, how long does it take you to get to the space where you can process that? Like, is it the idea pops up, you grab a guitar and you sit down, or do you? Do you jot it down and 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 let it marinate until you can until you can find the space to work on it? Oh no no no! It's it's if there's an idea there, I'm gonna grab you know I'm gonna grab a guitar and do it immediately because I feel like I've forgotten so many things in the past, so many mm-hmm. ideas that I'm like, I'll remember that later, and I don't. So yeah, my my iPhone probably has a thousand different ideas cool. on it just yeah. when I grab the iPhone. But 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 you know from a process standpoint, it seems like. The, my favorite stuff of mine that I've ever written happened like instantaneously. It was the idea, and I'll give you I'll give you an example. There was um, there's a song called "Let Me In" that's going to be on the next uh, the follow up to to the new album, um, and it was a couple days before Christmas. It was freezing cold, and I and I I was coming to bed, and my wife was kind of taking up the entire bed. I'm freezing. Like, God, let me in the bed. Like, so finally so, she moves over and lets me in. I'm like, wait a minute, let me in. Thing. So then I jump down. She goes, "Where are you going now?" And I run downstairs, grab the guitar, and like twenty minutes later, oh, you're in chords. <laughs> so in a freezing cold house. But I mean, sometimes when it when it has to happen, it's coming out whether you want it or not. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's cool. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to the interview. So you, you mentioned the record. Uh, you've got a new EP, I think, dropped. Uh, what today's the today's the nineteenth of February? What like two days ago? Yeah, it just came out. It just went everywhere. Um, all your major streaming and download services on Wednesday. So your Spotify's and your Amazons and your Apples and all that. So it's other. And then we've got to follow up. The hard CD is going to be out in about a month. So we wanted to release it that way. Uh, it's a six song EP. Um, the band is it's Rick Farrell and the Broken uh, uh, Borrowed Stars, and um, and what's great, you know, working with this this project, it's it was Mark Williams, the uh, guy's produced. He he worked with us with the Clams in the past, and Mark's like, let's do something serious this time. So just the two of us together, I gave him the songs, and we started kind of hitting them back and forth. He goes, I got the right band for this. Little did I know who's bringing in. So we got really lucky. We got Daniel Clark, who, um, Daniel is, uh, he's Katie Lang's band leader and keyboardist. He's working, he's, he's, uh, Ryan Adams touring drummer when Ryan was on, oh, the, cool. on the road. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I mean, some, and, and just a phenomenal, touring, touring keyboardist, I said, when he was, when he was on that, when he was, uh, when Ryan was still touring. And my God, the guy is just brilliant. So mm. he, you know, the songwriting sessions as we flushed them out and the recording sessions was just brilliant. Um, a drummer is uh, Dusty Simmons. Both of these guys are from Richmond. I don't know if you know them or if you've ever crossed paths with them, but um, Dusty Ray works with Chris Jacobs. He's worked, I believe, I believe he's worked with, with Ryan as well in the mm -hmm. past. Okay. And just such a such a great, just a lockdown groove guy. Um, and uh, my son, Derek, or, who was the bass player for the Clans, I brought him in as well. He's just the perfect oh, young gun. Yeah. Uh, energy. So it was just really nice. It was great for like, and, and it was no nepotism. If he couldn't handle a project, Mark and I, we wouldn't let him do it. So mm -hmm. we, we knew he, we knew he was going to be locked in. But it was great to have him have the experience of playing the people at that level as well. Um, and just the project, it just really fell together. So that was that we. So we got as much done as we could pre-COVID. So lyrics were done. Oh, okay. Um, we have vocals, we have guitars, we have bass drums, every, everything's there. And then everything goes on lockdown. We're like, good boy. So we're, we're trying to finish this. So we got, uh, I wanted, uh, we wanted uh, some really good support vocals. So Mark connected with Phoebe Sharp, who's a, she's an LA session singer. Mm. And, you know, if you hear her on the record, she's got this like, she's got this cool pop sense to her that brings a whole different element to what we do. And she and I together kind of laid out how these, how the harmonies were going to fall. And, Man, was she great. She's so easy to work with. So she flew in her vocals from L.A. And then we were looking, Mark had a connection with uh, Tom Hentow. He, he's a, he's a, uh, I believe he's a Nashville guy, but he lives in Lexington, Kentucky. And again, everybody's kind of sitting on their hands. We're not doing anything. So, hey, Tom, can you help us out? So Tom laid down the the, uh, the pedal steel on Junkies Lament oh, cool. and just completely that, that song yeah. right up. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing we did was Daniel. Uh, he we needed an, uh, an accordion, a squeeze box part on that Sean on me song there. Worked for my nephew, mm -hmm. and again he and so technology really saved our butts um, as we as we moved forward. And um, yeah, so it was, it was a lot of back and forth. And we, we Mark and I put, a, we put an awful lot of effort into this thing, but, but I think the results are they really speak for themselves. Well, it has a very coastal sound, uh, uh, kind of a. A feel-good summertime, you know, laying by the pool kind of thing. You know, I, I'm not going to make comparisons to other artists, but you can feel it, uh, you know, when you start listening to it, especially on, um, there was one track you did, uh, 
Belafonte Life, I think it was called. Um, kind of had right. that, had that real cool boat feel. <laughs> um, so I, I, I like what you did with it. What what is your what's your hope to do with it when when you can get out more and and do indoor shows? And you, you mentioned solo. Do you have a a band in mind to to play out as well? I do. I, I have a local band that I think we'll, we'll continue to do, like the South Florida shows and all that. And then I think of when we go up north, I'm gonna, you know, later on this year, you know, uh, uh, all things, all things being willing and and and, and able, I want to get out and, and do uh, and, and do some, you know, do some longer term things, um, and throughout, you know, up up and down the East Coast, up mm-hmm. through the, the Mid Atlantic, and then up into the uh, up into the Northeast. Um, so you know, and I've already talked so that we've. Uh, I think we could put most of the group that played on the record uh, together for some live shows. So I oh, think awesome. that would be phenomenal. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah that, that's, that's kind of the goal here um, to do that and, uh, and just keep pushing. And, uh, you know, some of the stuff, there's a, there's a track in there called, well, I never, um, that I'm pushing over to uh, some of my contacts in Nashville. I would love somebody to just, you know, if, if anybody wants to pick it up and continue on and do it, the, you know, the cut versions of it, do, you know, from a songwriting standpoint, um, we're kind of keeping everything wide open to this right now. Oh, so. cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you... cool that you said postal, because I've actually heard kind of similar things like that. Like, Bell Ponte Lives, actually, it's getting some airplay right now on some of the online prop stations like Radio A1A and okay. Permanent Vacation. Yeah. And beach, those, and um, we're hoping that we're here and going to hear it on um, on uh, some of the XM stations like uh, No Shoes and and Margaritaville. And it does have that kind of sort of Buffett Jerry Jeff feel to it, but um, it's really about you know the Harry Belafonte. I mean, he's the guy who's like he's like a prophet. I mean, the way he tells the way he tells the story is insane. Mm. So uh, before there was a Buffett, there was a Harry Belafonte back in like I think the fifties. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just a little cool stuff. So it's fun. Yeah, I, I could hear it fitting into that um, fairly new genre yacht rock. Even you know, especially there's a couple right. things on there that just slide right in there. Like you, you could you could hear that hear it in the playlist and go, "That's pretty cool." I wonder who that is, and then you wouldn't have any question thinking it didn't fit. So yeah, that's awesome. Awesome, it's good to hear. Thank you. You you mentioned maybe having some other stuff in the can or in the works uh, with a, with a bigger project on the way behind this one. Is that, is it, did I hear that right? Yeah, we're working on, we're working on the follow up to this. And, and the idea is we're going to continue to do these, these six song uh, EPs. It just seems like, you know, the easiest way to go and we could turn them out. Well, COVID notwithstanding, we figure we could turn these around quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got a follow up that um, I need to. I think in April I'm going to be going up and doing a couple things. We've got I've got a couple charity things that I'm involved with in uh, up in uh, the DC area. So I'll be up there, and then Mark and I are going to get together and kind of plot uh, plot the plan for the next one. So, um, but you know, right now it's kind of full speed ahead on this one, and just kind of just continue to push ugly babies out there and. Um, you know, kind of get continue to get the continue to get the word out on this one. Yeah, and for those that didn't catch it, "Ugly Babies" is the name of the EP. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, and the band um, is Rick and the Borrowed Stars, right? Rick, yeah, Rick, Rick, Rick Burrell and the Borrowed. Burrell. Yep. Okay. Um, where can people find you? What's the best way uh, to reach out uh, to catch catch some new some of the new music? 
Um, well, the music itself, you can find it's on it's on uh, it's on it's on Spotify, it's on iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon, uh, Deezer, uh, Napster, all those all those um, all your major uh, locations online. And uh, my website is Rick Farrell, Rick without a C, R I K F E R R E L L dot com, and that's kind of got that's got all the info on there as far as the music and uh, everything we're doing out there. Um, so you know, which upcoming shows? I've, I've got a uh, continue to do that uh, that residency gig. I've got a residency gig at the Westin um, uh, the Westin Resort in Cape Coral, like a uh, second Saturday of every month. And that's, oh, cool. That's absolutely nothing and now it's just wall to wall it's been crazy that's so awesome. we've been lucky with that so the cds will be available there um by the middle of march i think is what we're okay. looking out for All that right. very cool awesome well thanks rick this has been fun man good catching up with you and uh, hearing the the continuation of your musical journey and i certainly wish you well with the new ep Oh, thanks a lot, Greg. I really appreciate your time, man. Love what you guys do. Please keep you're keeping the fire burning, man. Keep keep on keeping on. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Stick around to listen to one of Rick's new tracks. Well, I never. Well, I never been to Oscar, but I've been to Mississippi. They ain't famous for their caviar, but I'm fine with grits and skippy. You gotta know.
Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.